tour guide that we had the tour with made a joke that you can't get lost because there's only one McDonald's and it's in the city center. And then the <laughs> ship is steps away from there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> DCL Duo fans, just a quick note before we get into the episode. We had a great discussion with our guests this week about one of the cities that they visited on the river cruise we'll be talking about them with. Uh, they went to Budapest, and that's where the cruise ended. And so had a fun little discussion with them about things to do in Budapest, but it made the show run pretty long. So after I extracted it from the show, I decided, what if we put that material out for folks to listen to as kind of extra content? So we are going to do that, but we're going to do it with our Patreon community. And so if you aren't aware, we have a Patreon community that helps support the show. Head over to patreon.com slash Duo and take a look at our monthly support tiers. And we're going to start trying to push some extra content over to them out of the show. So if you're interested in getting that, head over there, check it out, help us support the show. Our commitment to you remains. We will not make money off of the show and any funds that we receive in addition to what it costs to actually put out this show month to month, we will donate to charity. So just wanted to highlight that for you. If you didn't know we had a Patreon, head over there to patreon.com slash DCL duo and check it out now onto the episode. everybody this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast and we are welcoming back some fabulous guests dare i say friends of ours i think i've called them another fabulous cruising duo trademark <laughs> we, are, we are excited to welcome back mikhail and dan to our show welcome back guys thank you thank so much you. for having us i i agree we are friends so <laughs> definitely i actually was someplace uh i forget where oh i was watching instagram the other day and i saw someone posting about crab in some way or lobster main lobster in some way and i was like i was immediately thinking like oh that lobster story from the last time we talked so so excited excited to have you back we actually ordered lobster rolls after the last time we yes talked after our last show with you guys after our last recording i poked brian into uh ordering from i think we ordered from gold belly we ordered some uh some lobster rolls like make it home <laughs> lobster rolls gold nice. belly has amazing options yeah they were they were totally overpriced but they were delicious <laughs> <laughs> You're supporting a small business, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Well, you both just got back from an exciting river cruise that we want to talk about. But uh, yeah, I know you've been on before, but get new folks listening all the time. And so, do you want to remind people about your cruising background? And you are cruise bloggers, and you, I know you have a, a sometimes sailing is your cruise blog. But uh, you want to remind folks about your cruising background in your in your blog? So our our cruising blog is sometimes sailing. And we focus on small format cruises. We travel. We don't have children. We don't have pets. So we're pretty free to go. And we like the small format cruising just because of how intimate it can be, friends you make, but also just the, the places you can visit on, on, say, a river cruise that you're just you're not going to visit those or, or carve out time in your itinerary as you're flying across Europe to, to visit a small town. And uh, the river cruising and the small format cruising really takes you to places that you're not going to normally go to. And we know Mikkel has uh, quite a bit of Disney cruising experience. Mikkel, why don't you just give our listeners an idea of your Disney cruising background as well? Sure. I started going on Disney cruises when I was an intern at Walt Disney Imagineering because we got really good rates, which I heard you can get really good rates right now. too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We've heard the same. <laughs> right. I know a couple of people who got amazing Florida resident rates and um, travel advisor ones too, but... 
yeah, really great rates and went with two of my other intern friends. And then I was hooked. And uh, when I met Dan, I forced him to come on a Disney cruise with me. Uh, <laughs> and we have another one coming up next year on the new ship. I fo- I've photographed a couple of weddings on Disney Cruise Line. Yeah, love Disney Cruise Line. Big Disney fan at heart. And Dan is my obliging partner. Who <laughs> <makes> me happy. <laughs> and and Mikhail is a fabulous photographer. If you check out her photography on the blog, it's 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 really fantastic work. So visually stunning blog. As, as in addition to being. Uh, what, literally, what, literary, liter- literally interesting. Literally <laughs> interesting. A fun read, I'll say. <laughs> and we and we do have in our in our back catalog. We have some episodes. Uh, we have an episode with Mikkel about her Imagineering internship experience. We have also on photographing weddings on board and some other uh, episodes with Mikkel and Dan as well. So yeah, Maywood Jammers, where we talked about the lobster. That's right. <laughs> well, we're excited today to talk about your river cruise experience. We have a deep personal interest in this story because we are taking a river cruise <laughs> next Christmas and going nice. down the Rhine, I believe it is, from somewhere near Munich to Budapest for the Christmas markets mm-hmm. uh, with Adventures by Disney. So Ooh. when I saw that you had taken a river cruise that ended in Budapest, I was like, we have to talk and we'll record it for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> You sailed with, I think we're talking off air, Emerald Cruises, which is a river cruising line. How long was the cruise and where did you start? We sailed with Emerald Cruises, which we absolutely love. They are a river cruising line. Yes, they also have yacht cruises. So they have an Emerald Tetsura ship that's launching early next year. And then they announced that um, Emerald Sakura, no, Sakara, sorry, not to be confused with Sakura Cherry Blossoms, but it's very similar. (laughs) (laughs) But we went from Nuremberg to Budapest and we ended up having to jump to the next port because sometimes the water level is too low on river cruises. We can get into that. But the itinerary on paper was from Nuremberg to Budapest. And we added on some days on our own ahead of time in Germany because Dan had never been there. And I love Bavaria and Franconia in Germany. It's, you know, all the timber houses and architecture like Hansel and Gretel that you kind of imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm super excited for you, by the way, that you're going on a Christmas markets cruise. And we have an article on adventures by Disney that you should check out and everybody listening should check out if you go to sometimesailing.com and just search adventures by Disney, it'll come up. Awesome. We, we will we will check that out. I also, too, love the Bavarian region of Germany, but for the beer and not the architecture. Mm. <laughs> and I love it for the pretzels, so it yeah. works out. <laughs> we had a Bavarian breakfast, and by way, Dan had the balls to do it, and I should have done it, but I didn't. We were with another friend, too, who was showing us around Germany, and the Bavarian breakfast is a pretzel, a beer, and sausages. <laughs> all, all the great things. Yeah, I hope you had a, I hope you had a walking tour later that day. Or something. <laughs> I think we could do that, but we'd have to share one and uh, Brian would eat the beer and the sausage and I would just eat the pretzel. <laughs> hey, hey, you, can, you, you get half of everything. If you don't want your half, then that's your problem. <laughs> nice. Well, so do you spend some time in Germany ahead of time? Where did you uh, where did you go in Germany? We went to we flew into Nuremberg. We spent two days there. And then we went to Bamberg, and then we went to Würzburg, and then... Right, and then we do, we had to jump over to Regensburg to catch right. the boat. We'll talk a little bit about that. So basically, river cruises are on a river, obviously, but they're 
the boats don't need that much water to actually sail. I had a conversation with a friend who was really interested in river cruising because she is a little frightened of big cruise ships in terms of, you know, a lot of people have a phobia that they're in the middle of an ocean and they can't see any land or anything. I'm sure there's a name for it, but I don't know the I don't know the scientific name. And she also has like a claustrophobia that gives her anxiety. So I was telling her that, you know, when we were there, you could probably actually go out of the boat into the river and still be standing and walk if you wanted to. And, <laughs> and you always see land. So like, it's great for somebody who maybe has some fears of the ocean. But that being said, we got a, an email a couple of days before the cruise that said that the water level was too low and that they had made the call to start the cruise in Regensburg and that they were gonna either bus people from Munich airport, which, you know, they have everybody's flight info. So they must have known that a lot of people were flying into Munich, or they were going to bus people from Nuremberg, which is kind of where everybody was going to be anyway, because it was supposed to start there. And, you know, could we let them know what we were going to do? So we made the decision just to keep going on the train another hour to Regensburg, because we were going to be on the train from Bamberg to Nuremberg anyway. And it's like really just another hour southeast. So that's what we did. And probably a little easier than than getting off and finding the bus and all that. Right. Yeah. And and just the flexibility in the schedule. We could we could show up when we wanted to, and the bus was right. you know, at two o'clock. You have to be there. Yeah, it was um, actually earlier, so that was yeah. like another reason we were like, oh, it's at noon. And I'm like a big person. Like knowing where bathrooms is is everything to me. And the bathrooms on trains are great, <laughs> or in, you know, in Germany. So I was like, I know the bathroom situation on the train. Let's just stay on there. And like Dan <laughs> said, you know, having the flexibility, we didn't get there until three o'clock or so. Yeah. Now, did did it delay when you guys started your river cruise? Like, did you start a day later, or did you just start from a different port? We just started from a different port. And one other thing that I think we should note that. We haven't brought up it. We sailed on the Danube River. Oh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> oh, you were yeah, on the Danube yeah. River. Oh, yeah. cool. I was going to ask if you were on the Rhine, but so it's so the Danube. Yeah, yeah that's correct. a great point. It seems like the appeal of river cruising is very different than the appeal of ocean cruising or you know even some other kinds of cruise expedition cruising in that you can do these things where you tack on the land-based adventure beforehand, really see the country you're in head to the port. And then it's kind of almost an extension of the vacation where you've booked the hotel and the hotel's moving with you, but you're really kind of moving along the river, stopping, and the destination isn't the ship you're on, the destination is the city you're in. Is that is that kind of how you view it? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's why we love it so much because you go to sleep at night and then you wake up in a new city. And sometimes like when we sailed into Budapest, the beauty is you can get up early and stand on the top deck and watch you know, the grandeur of the city, like coming into view and really the the grand entrance on the river into a city or else you can go to sleep in and then you wake up and then your <laughs> itinerary is ready for you and breakfast is ready for you. So it's it's literally a floating hotel. And uh, but the hotel itself is is gorgeous and you know has all the amenities that you would want. But it's your transportation. I love the idea of watching the city kind of wake up. Well, you're never losing sight of the shore. So you can really watch the countryside kind of as you right. go by as well. Yeah. 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 Right. As opposed to a big ocean cruise ship that I don't think there's any Disney fan that doesn't absolutely just like their heart goes pitter patter when they see Castaway Key coming into view. But you're viewing it from one vantage point where it docks, whereas a river cruise, 
you're always in the middle of it, so to speak. Like you're always getting kind of a sandwich view and like, you know, the ham is the river cruise ship. <laughs> and this bread is the shore. So it's different in that regard. I mean, it's great to come into, you know, NASA, another, another cruise port. A lot of people know on big ships, it's great to come into NASA and see other ships and the excitement of that. But it's not really until you walk past the port, past the docks, past all the people selling you shit <laughs> that you get, you know, the view of Nassau. But when you're on a river cruise ship, really literally steps, you get off the ship and you are right next to this amazing city hall from the 14th century, or you can see a fortress from the 13th century. And, you know, that's another great point. Like the disembarking on a river cruise ship is like second. It's not a line, like it's seconds. You just scan your little pass in and out. Obviously, like a big ocean ship, they want to know if you're on or off, but it's seconds. So there's a lot of differences, but you know, you're still on the water. So if you like being on the water, you're still cruising. Let's let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about some of these river cruise lines. Have you sailed on other lines besides uh, Emerald Cruises? And I think I know the answer is yes to that. But, but, but what, <laughs> I guess we should say, what other lines have you sailed on besides Emerald Cruises? I've been on Viking and I know quite a bit about other cruise lines because I do a lot of research about it and write about it. Dan's only been on Emerald. So that's what that's our that's our cruise line as a couple. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think every every one of them kind of has their own style and maybe pros and cons, but, you know, there's a lot of similarities, but also I think, you know, one of the similarities is that there's like this kind of myth that they're really expensive, you know, price is relative, obviously to everybody. Some people say that Disney cruise lines really expensive too, but you know, you have to kind of bring into focus what you're getting for it. Of course, we've written about that too. Are river cruises really expensive or the best value for their money? And they include so much. So I think across the board, you can assume that every river cruise is going to include beer and wine with lunch and dinner. They're going to include walking tours in the ports, and then they're going to include gratuities in most cases. I think when people are considering a river cruise, that's something to also keep at the forefront of your mind. Yeah. So across the different lines, Mikhail, that you've experienced, so and for everyone out there, Disney Cruise Line partners with a line called AMA Waterways in Europe. And... AMA has actually built some ships supposedly bespoke for Disney. That does not mean, by the way, that they have Disney touches throughout them or anything of that nature. It was more that they built the ships with cabins that have families in mind. So most river cruise ships will, the cabin will generally only occupy two individuals in the stateroom, some cabins with three, the Disney cruise line, river cruising ships, the many of the cabins will accommodate three easily and some will accommodate four, I think it is. So, but what are some of the other differences? I would imagine Viking is luxury, right? Viking drips luxury in the cruising market. So you're talking very high end there. I guess maybe where does Emerald fall and what are some of those other differences that people should think about as they're looking at different river cruise lines? I'm a waterways partnership with Adventures by Disney, to your point, is really unique because most river cruise lines are for like an 18 and up market, not really multi-generational kind of thing. A-Rose is another one that focuses on families. They're kind of a UK line. Uh, you know, like you were saying, some of the rooms connect on AMA waterways that were specifically designed with Adventures by Disney in mind. I would say for Emerald, it's very sleek and modern looking. Not in a Scandinavian way like Viking, more like black, white, tan colors. Minimalist almost, which I, we like, we dig that. 
I wouldn't consider Viking ultra luxury. I would consider Viking, I don't know, I almost feel like it's everybody's river cruise line because of their stellar marketing and the amount of advertising <laughs> dollars they've put behind it over the years. And it's a great cruise line. We like Viking a lot. It's so interesting because I've, I've heard so much about Viking ocean voyages just being like beyond luxury that brand. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I don't know why. I guess I just, I see that more for the ocean ships than I do for the river ships. Not to say they're not luxurious, but when I think of like ultra luxury on a river cruise line with a price point that goes with it, I think of like Uniworld Boutique uh, river cruises. There are so many river cruise lines. It would make your head spin. I mean, <laughs> we have a list that every time we find out about another one, Aqua Expeditions is another one that comes to mind. They have these gorgeous like wood-clad ships on the outside that go on the Mekong River in Asia and those ships are even smaller. But to that point about Viking, like we've seen some I'm blanking on what they call them, but they call them like uh oh, long ships, a Viking long ship. And they are longer than any other river cruise ship you're going to see on the Danube or the Rhine. You know, they can't they can't make them that long for certain rivers, like I was saying, the Mekong. But yeah, I mean, now I'm going off on a tangent, but I would say Emerald, <laughs> Emerald, Emerald is continuously voted the best value for the money. It's so interesting when you're on the cruise line and you talk to people, the things that we kept hearing on the cruise that we were on in October were two things. One was we've waited for this cruise so long, literally, because it was postponed and postponed because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So everybody was just like so happy to be on the ship finally. And then the other thing we heard was people saying that they love that Emerald is a great price point. They feel like they get the best value and it's not stuffy. So like there's no formal night that you have to wear a gown and a tuxedo. You don't even have to wear a tie, you know, but it's nice. Like everybody's tasteful, everybody's dressed appropriately. But if for some reason you feel like wearing jeans to cocktails before dinner, like you can and nobody's mm -hmm. going to look at you twice. Yeah, that's really nice. Now, to your point, these river cruises, you can take them all over the world. I mean, I think most Americans, we think of river cruising in Europe. That's sort of the, the classic example. And that's kind of what I'll tell you, that's what I think of. There are river cruises in the United States. There are river cruises throughout Asia. I mean, these, these cruises happen all around the world, right? Yeah, absolutely. They, they happen right here in the States. So think of Queen Voyages uh, goes down the Mississippi or up the Mississippi. And we forget about just the rivers we have here at home and immediately jump to European waterways. Yeah, which is our inclination too. We're not going to lie, but you're <laughs> absolutely right. I think one of the nice things about the pandemic, you know, if anything was nice about it, was that it opened our eyes to all the United States voyages. And then also even what about the lakes? The Great Lakes are huge, you know, for anybody right. listening that's never been to the Great Lakes, if you were on a Great Lake, you wouldn't know that it wasn't an ocean. That's how big it is. I think people envision like a lake, like, you know, I went to sleepaway camp, summer camp, and I think they envision a lake, like, you know, that the motorboat goes around so you can go skiing, but water skiing, but I mean, they're huge. They have a beach, just like, you know, the oceans do, and they're huge. And there's like amazing Great Lakes cruise options in the United States. Now, the price point is a little higher for US voyages, because for a ship to sail um, the U.S. rivers, it needs to be flagged American, which means that it has to be made in the U.S. A certain um, percentage of 
the majority percentage of the staff needs to be American, which is great because it, you know, if people love made in the USA, that's exactly what it is. So I will say the price point's a little higher. So if people look it up and they see why is it so much more expensive than perhaps a European river cruise or a Mekong river cruise in Asia, that's why. There's a cruise for everybody. And I think if somebody wants to try a river cruise, there is a price point for everybody too. Mm-hmm. So what was included on your river cruise? Our river cruise had a walking tour in every port we went to. Another thing that's included is Emerald Active, which is kind of an option for people that want to do maybe a hike or a bike ride. That's included. You just have to sign up for it so they know how big the group's going to be. And sometimes, you know, they have to cap it depending on, you know, where they're going. But you can go or not go. One day we decided to do a hike by ourselves in the afternoon as opposed to go in the morning with the group. But the walking tours are great, give you an overview of the city. There is Emerald Plus. Emerald Plus. <laughs> they have a lot of Emerald uh, words. Um, Emerald Plus is kind of an enrichment program on the ship. So there's not a lot to do at night on river cruise ships, which we like. We just need a nice dinner and a cocktail, and then we'll go to bed and wake up in the morning and see, you know, the 6 a.m. view of the river and sunrise. But that's kind of a programming that they do. Like, for instance, we were in Hungary and they brought on a Hungarian band and dancers. That was amazing. When we were on Emerald and we did Amsterdam, from Amsterdam to Amsterdam, it was the Netherlands and Belgium. Uh, we had some painting of clogs that we loved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yeah. really cool. We still have the clogs um, sitting up by our TV. Yeah. Um, we love painting. So that was great for us. <laughs> 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 and then, oh, like there's, you know, movies on the ship that they kind of like make a pool room multi-purpose, a floor retracts on the top of the pool. So it becomes kind of a cinema at night with popcorn. That's really fun. They have like little activities on the ship. They like did a putt-putt golf uh, competition mm-hmm. one day and that was kind of fun. Oh, and then there's a uh, coffee and tea all the time, but the coffee machine is like a latte macchiato maker. So it's, you know, kind of what you would get at a uh, Cove Cafe kind of thing. Uh, maybe like not as custom, but that's like Dan's favorite thing on the ship. And they have these little cookies that go with it that you can, you know, it's 24-7. I love seltzer. So they have seltzer. That's like what I would pick over, you know, the soda machine on the ninth deck on Disney. <laughs> so I was going to ask, What's the size of these ships? They are not ocean liner ships by any stretch of the imagination, but what is the size of like the ship that you were on and how many people are on board? Uh, I believe the capacity is 186 on the ship we were on and there were only 76 people right. on it because of the pandemic. And everybody has to be vaccinated. I mean, this is another conversation for another day, but Dan and I think cruising is one of the best ways you can travel right now in terms of health and safety. Yeah, we we, we tend to agree. We tend to agree. I think there's also unique in the river cruising aspect here is the itinerary. And so let's start with, you know, what ports did you stop at along the way? And then I'm, I'm curious to understand, like, when do you typically arrive into the port and when do you leave? Because your comment about after hours or, or nightlife on board, you know, I wonder how much of that is driven by the fact that, you know, if the ship doesn't leave until later in the evening, you can always hop off and, you know, go experience a bar or something in the city that you're in. So just curious about what ports you stopped at and what those, what the port timing looks like. Yeah, so I'll take the port timing. Ultimately, it's, I would say more often than not, we're cruising during dinner and we start cruising as we sit down for dinner. And then we'll cruise overnight, probably around five, four or five in the morning. Uh, We'll dock or else sometimes as late as six or 10. But ultimately, it's you have your all aboard time 
everybody gets on and then usually we go up to dinner, have a cruise talk. And then the mornings are, in my opinion, that that's just the best because you're, like we said earlier, you're waking up with the city and you're seeing the, the new city, the new port come to life. And it's a, it's a completely different view. I'll let Mikkel kind of talk about <laughs> what, we what ports we visited, but yeah. yeah. So we were supposed to start in Nuremberg. We didn't because of the water levels. Luckily, we were there earlier. And Brian, this is back to like what you said that you could add days beforehand. Emerald Cruises has an option for our cruise. You could have added on Prague, actually, which is sort of surprising because it's the Czech Republic, not Germany, where it started. But we started in Germany, the two of us. We didn't add on through Emerald. We have a friend that was in the area, so we kind of palled around with her for a little. But Nuremberg and then Regensburg, which is another charming town in Germany on the Danube River. We went to Passau, which is in Germany as well. That's where three rivers converge, the Ills, the Inn, and the Danube River. It's spectacular. If you go to our Instagram account at Sometime Sailing, you'll see we put a photo up. It's like really spectacular. And it's a cute little town, really walkable. All these towns are really walkable. They all have like, you know, an old city center, just like you would want in charming European cities. We went to Melk, which is in Austria. And it also sails through the UNESCO cultural landscape, the Wachau Valley, which is beautiful. And we really lucked out with incredible weather in late October. We had blue skies almost every day and we had just the most stunning fall colors. So going through the valley and seeing fall leaves and still leaves on all the vineyards and the vines was really incredible. And we went to Melk. Did I say that? Melk. (laughs) They have a really incredible abbey that they're famous for and gardens that are kind of right below the abbey that just will blow your mind. And then we went to Vienna. Vienna is one of the bigger cities we went to. So Vienna and Budapest were really the two huge ones. Budapest, Budapest, tomato, tomato in Hungarian. (laughs) In Hungarian, the S is pronounced like a pshht. So... If, I'm always like, I don't know which way to say it. But anyway, they're both right. But yeah, we ended in, in Budapest. Uh, you forgot uh, Slovenia. Or I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Bratislava, which yeah. is part of Slovakia. You're right. That was a good one. That's a really small port. The tour guide that we had the tour with made a joke that you can't get lost because there's only one McDonald's and it's in the city center. And then the <laughs> ship is steps away from there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the McDonald's is right next to this incredible like opera house that's right. really old. So the juxtaposition of McDonald's yeah. in Europe is just. That's yeah. just so Europe, right? I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The Danube River goes all the way out to the Black Sea, actually. There are other itineraries with other cruise lines that will go through Croatia and Serbia out, you know, to the the delta of the Danube River. But the most popular is Nuremberg to Budapest or the reverse. Yeah, and we've we've heard that at times you can be moving between cities that you could probably Uber between for <laughs> fraction of the cost. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So not, you're not going that far day to day, unlike an ocean cruise liner where you might go from country to country day to day. What's the port experience like? Because we've heard, you know, brace yourself when you're in port. You know, they usually stack ships up, and you might open your window and be staring into someone else's cabin, and you know that sort of thing. But what's the port experience like on these cruises? Yeah, it, that does happen. There is quite a few ports that you're stacked up, or even to get to land, you have to walk through other ships. 
and you, know, you just wave to uh, <laughs> your your neighbor for the for the day. And but ultimately, we didn't find uh, that the crowds are that bad. Like you know, the the ports are busy, of course, but once you're out and you just start to explore the city, it's it's pretty much choose your own adventure once you get out there. It's not like uh, like Castaway Key where you've got the masses that are right there at the port. Plus, it's not uh, most of the ports is not like one or two single sources of entry. So it, it's spread out mm-hmm. along the river. So maybe it's four, seven, eight hundred yards of people getting off the, the, the ships. And each ship only carries, you know, what, right. 200. Less than 200 yeah. people. Yeah. Sometimes in ocean cruise cruising, you're so far from the ship that even though, quote unquote, all meals are included, you're not going to go back to the ship because it's so far. Like once you go back to the ship, you're staying there. For river cruising, not a problem to go back to the ship for lunch and then go back into the mm-hmm. port because it's only steps away. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own Disney vacations and just love, love, love our Touring Plans Travel Specialist. She waits on hold when we don't have time. She monitors cruise deals for us and rebooks to get us lower rates on some of the cruise lines that actually where the prices actually do go down, <laughs> like Disney Cruise Line. Uh, so she does watch those rates for us and rebook. She steers us toward cruises we would like and room categories and gives us suggestions. And so while we have our preferences, she's always there and available to help us out. And when we plan a parks vacation, it's just gotten so complicated of late with all the new Genie technology and everything. Like I-, I need to rely on someone who really understands what's going on. And she absolutely helps us there as well. So we love the folks over at Touring Plans. What we love most is that the philosophy of Touring Plans aligns with the philosophy of our own podcast. We're not out to sell you a Disney vacation. We're not travel agents ourselves. And so we just like to give our honest opinions and reviews. And I think you'll find the folks over at Touring Plans will also give you their honest opinions and reviews of different sailings and ships uh, and steer you toward the thing that they think is the best for your family. So remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent, especially when booking Disney vacations. Disney pays the travel agent at the time you travel. You're leaving money on the table. If you don't use a travel agent, you're certainly leaving expertise on the table if you don't. So we highly recommend the folks over at Touring Plans. Head over there. Check them out. Touringplans.com slash travel. Let them know the DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. Well, I was going to ask about that because, you know, one of the nice things or I guess one maybe one of the things I enjoy about going to Europe is sometimes getting to experience that the local food or find that fun little bar or restaurant that's off the beaten path that, that people really like, you know, experiencing these cities with cruising, it sounds like one, you got to be back for dinner because that's when the ship is sailing off. And so I was curious about how much you get exposed to the local food and cuisine. Are they doing that on board the ship to some extent, or is it more like in a, you know, a cruise line in the Caribbean where they're trying to cater to a kind of a, you know, I'll just call it an American palate, a broad American palate kind of thing. So what was your ability to experience some of the local food and, you know, cuisine and that sort of stuff versus uh, eating on the ship? And what I'm assuming the ship food was fantastic, but what was it like? So to answer your question, both and all, because you can get off and choose your own adventure and explore and really find that local cuisine if you want to be the Anthony Bourdain and go out and do it yourself. But the beauty also is on the ship, they try really hard to encapsulate where we are and bring that on board. So from the entertainment to the 
to the meals, they try to really leverage the local taste, the local uh, customs, and then the the local cuisine. So you get you get that experience both places. You can do it onshore or on the ship. One example of that is when we were in Austria, they did this huge smorgasbord of Austrian cuisine for lunch. And it was like a little of everything that you could try from these potato dumplings to spätzle to obviously pretzels, (laughs) (laughs) different sausages. So it was great that they incorporated that. I will say overall, it didn't feel like every day they were doing that. I mean, if you really wanted to have a beer in a pub, like we like doing that. So we did it a few times kind of as a break from walking and just to kind of see what the local bar was like. So make no mistake about it. Like you're not going to, you're not going to substitute the experience of having a glass of wine on a vineyard along the Rhine on a ship. But oftentimes they do programming that will put you in the center of that. I know on Emerald, we had in Regensburg, like a guided group trip to Ratzkeller. It's, you know, a I'm like, bar inside, in the basement. It's, uh, <laughs> when we were there, all the beer gardens closed down just because of the time of year. It was like too cold outside and they don't like using heaters because they're not great for the environment. So yeah, we had an excursion that you could kind of, you know, go with the activity manager and, and go there. They do, they do their best. If anyone's curious, we have an extensive article on our website about <laughs> the food on Emerald Destiny with awesome, very delicious loads of everything we ate for the most part. I want to know about these excursions because it, it's, I, I know you said earlier in, in the show that the walking tours typically are included as an excursion for each port that you're going to. What kinds of excursions are, what kinds of excursions are available? With a, with a lot of Emerald, what we enjoyed is, so you, you have, you know, the, the typical thought is that there's an older clientele on river cruising. And so we were, we were skewed on the young side for the, for the cruise we were on, the specific cruise we were on. But the activity level for the excursions was, well, this is a light walking tour. Or this is more of a brisk walking tour. So you could kind of choose what, what suited you. And those walking tours uh, were just one of many. So there was food tours. Uh, we also did, uh, there was biking there was one group that we left them in port with some bikes and then they met us at the next port. So that was like a 22 mile bike, I will say right? This. We were maybe some of the younger generations on the cruise, but I have to say we could not hang with the athletes on the cruise because <laughs> certain people were like, like in their 60s, 70s, were like, oh, are you going on the biking tour? And we were like, no. And they were like, oh yeah, we're going to go. We do this all the time. And we were like, holy crap, there's no way. Yeah. So 20, 22 miles of biking. Wow. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. I, into the, against the wind, right. against the wind. So yeah. Or even some of the hikes, I was like, I looked up the mountain and I'm like, there's no way. Like, let's just stay on, you know, level grounds in the port. <laughs> you're you're doing like the the level one hiking while like there's like 60 and 70 year olds right. doing like the level four hiking. Right. It just puts <laughs> us to shame. I mean, inspiring to say the least. But and some of those tours that Dan was talking about are included, some are not. One of the ultimate totally recommend paying for the upgrade in Vienna. They organized a private concert in one of the, you know, famous concert halls. It was kind of like a room, but the ceiling was just phenomenal. I mean, it was hand painted and it was where Beethoven like debuted one of his, you know, symphonies. I don't, I don't remember it, but um, it was amazing. And that was, that was an upgrade because, you know, the artists have to be paid. So that was not to be missed. Their capacity was like a hundred guests they could have done. They were pretty close 
to that. Almost everybody that was on our sailing, there were 76 people went. Obviously, there was extra room because capacity is 100 and, you know, even if 70 people went. It was amazing. I mean, standing ovation all around. So yeah, some things you pay for. There's the walking tour included. It depends on the port, but that's between one to two and a half, usually one to two hours. So, you know, you have the rest of the day to explore. We met a couple on board that almost just needed, they wanted a river cruise that accommodated the dates that they had free in Europe. They paid for it and they didn't do a single thing with the group. And we would just hear about their adventures, you know, when we met up with them at the bar later on and they went Segway touring and they went, you know, they paid for all this on their own. But that was the nice thing. Like they knew it was included and they were like, yeah, we're going to just go march to the beat of our own drums. <laughs> what What's life like aboard the ship? So like what sorts of amenities are available to you and do you really have a chance to take advantage of them? When you're, it sounds like you're spending most of your time off the ship, right? There's no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not aware of there being like a river day, like their day, like a sea day, right? Like the point is, you sail, you stop, you get off, you see a new place. Not that you are just sort of hanging out on the on the river, but yeah, what's what's life like aboard the ship, and what kind of amenities should folks expect? Well, you can carve out kind of whatever day you want on the ship. So think of it like a hotel. So you you we had a pool. We had a gym, uh, a lounge. We had a, a sun deck with track around the, the top. So if you want to do some running, uh, there was a miniature golf area on the sun deck, the coffee machine. So you got to <laughs> get a coffee and then get a cocktail. And then um, so you can go indoors, outdoors, pretty much whatever your the amenities you'd have at a hotel uh, are there on the mm -hmm. ship. So if you, know, you want to hang out in your hotel room, you can do that or else hang out on property. You can do that uh, or else, you know, go yeah. explore the cities. I have to say that we like the kind of less options because a lot of options get overwhelming. Sometimes, you know, just like going to Disney World, it's like not a vacation when you're going from park to park or like when you're on a big cruise ship and you're go-karting and then you're rock climbing and then you're doing the, you know, the wave Thing to, you know, body surf or whatever, you know, it's great to have these options, especially for kids. But, you know, there's a reason that a lot of river cruises are 18 or older because they're accommodating kind of a clientele that is wanting a slower pace situation. Um, there are options, especially like bring a book, you know, the Wi-Fi did work. We were like looking up YouTube videos for something when we were in our stateroom. That's another thing. Wi-Fi is included, not included with most ocean um cruises. And, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to enjoy the balcony in our room. So on Emerald, there are these panorama balconies and the full, you know, floor to ceiling window kind of comes down halfway and it becomes a balcony. And even in October, the weather was amazing. And I, you know, opened it and Dan and I were enjoying that a couple of times. And on the, this sounds kind of lame, but I, <laughs> I loved it. Like the TV in our room, became uh you know they had the fireplace like netflix does that i was like totally digging <laughs> especially with crisp air coming through they have like classical music playing with it you can watch a movie in your stateroom you can watch a movie on the ship at night when they have movies in the pool area that converts to kind of a cinema so there are definitely options and you know like you guys said great point like there's not really a day at sea kind of thing like there is on a, an ocean ship so there's definitely enough to do. You're not bored. 
And on top of it, there's other people who are sitting there having coffee or cocktails and you make conversation with them. You can play board games with them and all that jazz. So, and not every river cruise ship has a pool. That's another thing that Ama Waterways, like you guys were saying, how they worked with Disney to design their ships. There is a pool on the top deck of Ama Waterways because they're catering to a clientele and they, you know, kids love pools usually, but not every river cruise line has a pool. Hey, I had another question on a different category that we haven't talked about, which is COVID precautions. One thing you did mention at the beginning of the how show... Did we get, how do we get three quarters of the way through a podcast these days and not talk about COVID protocols? But I yes. know. So um, you did mention, Mikhail, at the very beginning of the show about everybody being vaccinated. So I, I won't ask you about that. My question is, what if any protocols did they have, what was, you know, masking like or social distancing, what, you know, and obviously you're going in and out of cities, like what did all of that look like? We have a really good story. (laughs) Ironically, we had to postpone this trip uh, once before because Mikkel got COVID. Mm -hmm. And yep, surprise. (laughs) Yeah. Surprise. Yes. we we were able to postpone and, and everything worked out great and everything is fine and, and she's uh, she's fine. The ship itself, like we said, the everybody has to be vaccinated. So that's that's crew and that's guests. We had to get uh, the tests before we flew into Germany. And then once we got on the ship, we had masks in our stateroom. And then there was different masking policies per country. So uh, Vienna was different than Germany and then Hungary was the Wild West and you could do whatever you wanted. So it was, you know, varied from country to country. And then uh, they were very, very encouraging to continue to use hand sanitizer, like, you know, like, like mo- cru- most cruises. And then masking was, they requested that you mask as you were walking through the common areas and specifically when you were interacting with uh, crew members. So if you were talking to housekeeping or talking to the front desk, you know, they asked that you had the mask on. You remove your mask uh, if you were outdoors on the top deck or if you were eating, but it was strongly encouraged that you had the masks on. Then also, as far as social distancing, uh, there there isn't really so much you can do there. Uh, they did spread out the dining room quite a bit from compared to our last uh, cruise, but part of that was just the lower capacity. Yeah. Also, they were able to do that, so there was a little bit more space in between the tables and and the seating arrangements. Can I ask about the seating arrangements? Could you sit with you know another couple or you know another group, or how did that? How did they manage that? So there was, you could kind of really whatever you were comfortable with. So there was, there was two seaters, there was four seaters, and then there was like bigger eight seaters. So it was like, if you wanted to join a a larger table, you could do that. Or else you could, you know, hey, I just want to stay in our bubble. And we got the the two seater. We did have a a solo traveler friend that joined us uh, a few times for, for dinner. So, you know, we would, we'd sit at a four seat and then he would come and join us. And then sometimes we ate with other couples. So we were comfortable enough. With the situation that it felt good to just eat with other with another couple. The mass situation that Dan was saying in Europe differs from country to country. We had, you know, our cute, I'll say my cute uh, leopard <laughs> mask because Dan wears a black mask all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 
with us. And when we were in Nuremberg, we were asking about the train system. And the um, person at the front desk said, oh, is that the mask you're going to wear on the train? You can't wear that mask. You have to wear an N95 mask here. They said they're really strict about it. So when we got on the ship, we actually weren't that surprised to see that they provided several kinds of masks for us in our room and hand sanitizer, which was kind of new. There's hand sanitizer everywhere on a cruise ship. You know, that's the same with river and ocean cruise ships. But this time there was hand sanitizer in our room, which was actually the same when we were on Main Wind Jammer 2 mm-hmm. this year. So, you know, to the mask facts, you know, and I, I think with the variant and everything, I don't, I don't really see that going away anytime soon. How is it traveling there and back? There's a lot of complexity in terms of getting in and out of Europe right now. And you started in one country and left out of another. So is that manageable? And were there the U.S. testing requirements in place at the time you came back? They were a little different right now. It's 24 hours. We're recording this podcast in mid-December. I think it's always important to note the date because of things changing so rapidly. When we came back on November 1st, what, like a couple weeks later, they made the testing different that it had to be within 24 hours. To be honest, like we don't know how that's going to work because we didn't have to get that done. So we don't know how easy or difficult that is. Although if they're approving tests that you can kind of do at home, so to speak, and you can buy a test and take it to your hotel room and show proof of that, then we imagine that's kind of easy. But we specifically decided to come home right from Budapest when the ship docked for debarkation because we tested on the ship. So the test was included, which was awesome. So everybody on the ship had the option of doing a test. It was kind of like you gargle with water, spit into the little tube, which was easier and less gross than it sounds. And then they send out the test and then they you had the option of getting your result printed at the front desk in case you needed it. And you actually had to sign a waiver that said that they were able to print your results. I think that's because they can see your results. So it's kind of confidential. Wow. When we were in Europe, we saw that there were actually testing sites kind of all over and it was a lot easier than we thought it would be. So in hindsight, we probably would have stayed a little had we known that, but we were a little apprehensive because we didn't know, you know, a foreign country, even though we're avid travelers, we were like, oh, do we really want to add another layer? The biggest hurdle for us was that we, or it wasn't even a hurdle, it was just confusion. Even like I spoke to somebody I know that does like Berlin tourism. She couldn't even tell me like what the rule was for Germany. So we decided we're just going to get PCR tests before we go and, you know, check those boxes because we're not sure if we need it or not. So when in doubt, get a test um, as close to travel as you can. Cruise lines do their best to take the guesswork out of the equation. You'll notice now when you go on, especially river cruise lines and expedition voyages, because I've been on a ton of websites looking this up, there's you know a health and safety tab now, and it will say what to expect before, during, and after your cruise, which is really great and kind of demystifies the process. Well, Sam, do you have any more questions? I know we've covered river cruising and other shows in terms of you know size of stateroom and things like that. I want more wanted to hear from Mikhail and Dan about their experience, but do you have any other questions for them before we shift it over to rapid fire? No, I was going to say I have I have a I have a short rapid fire prepared, but that's but I don't have um you know I don't have any other questions that I can think of. All right, well, let me throw it your direction for rapid fire. Take it away, Sam. 
All right. So this rapid fire, because we've had you guys on the show multiple times. So I, I'm not going to ask you Disney Cruise questions or Disney Parks questions. I'm going to just we, ask we know, you. We know everything about them. We have no questions for them anymore. <laughs> no, but I'm going to, I want to ask just um, sort of quick take favorites from this particular cruise that we've been talking about, this river cruise. So uh, what was your favorite port, Mikkel? Passau, because we happened upon a dachshund museum. Dachshunds, they're dockles in German. And like, we don't have a dog, but if we had one, it would be a dachshund. And I'm obsessed with them. And we were counting them every day as we saw them. And then like, we were all, you know, of course I wrote about it. It's on sometimeshome.com, but we were like walking through town and like all of a sudden Dan was like, it's a dachshund museum. And like, I was like, what are you talking about? Anyways, it was just <laughs> the most incredible experience. And the guy there was so nice. And so it's Passau. What about you, Dan? I, I would say Vienna, the, Ooh. the, you could tell Vienna has something really important happened there. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like you just like, it, it used to be the center of, of a lot of things. So the history was great. And then I got to look at some great watches while I was there. So that's, that's true. That's, that was and if, exciting. if you have a passion for music, even if you just appreciate music, I mean, like you cannot deny the incredible musical things that happen yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Favorite excursion. Dan, let's start with you. Favorite excursion is the classical music experience that we had in Vienna. Yeah, I'm going to agree. It was just like, it blew my mind. They just played song after song and you're like, oh my God, I know this song. I know this song. I know this song. And like, even if you think you don't know a lot of classical music, I'm like, all these hits happened here. It was like <laughs> Z100 back in the 17th century. <laughs> Z100. Oh my goodness. Mikhail is aging, uh, aging us New Yorkers. Um, that was <laughs> All right. Favorite onboard activity. So thing you like to do on the ship. Mikhail, let's start with you. I loved being in the lounge area and just having a cocktail and schmoozing with other guests. Just people are so interesting. And, you know, we met this guy, Randy, that is from South Carolina, not too far from us. And his wife, Rebecca, was a ballerina dancer. She was on the ship and he like his company invented like the squeeze sour cream packaging and like the packaging when you open the Oreos like that you can reseal. I was like, my mind is blown. People are fascinating. Like when else would I have met you in this world? So cocktails and schmoozing. What about you, Dan? Uh, I, I would say it was the coffee maker. I still yes. love this. Uh, <laughs> making and drinking coffee. Love yeah, it. It's, it's yeah. like, it's like R2D2 is making me coffee and it's so interesting. Cool. Love it. Favorite food you had on board. Dan, let's start with you on that one. Probably the the Vienna day uh, or the Austria themed lunch was was phenomenal. Uh, schnitzel and oh yeah, and pretzels and sausage, beer. So, yeah, and beer. Um, all the things. I love. There are two that stand out. One was the I think the first night there was this Arctic char, which is pretty much like salmon. It's in the salmon family with like these mushy peas and. I just, it was phenomenal. I loved it. Um, and then also they have an Emerald Classics menu that you can get all the time. If nothing on the, you know, daily menu appeals to you and it's like, you know, grilled salmon or grilled chicken or sirloin steak. And I got the sirloin steak one night and it was so freaking good. Like Dan got it the next day for lunch and then I got it again for dinner another <laughs> day. It was one of the best steaks I've had. 
favorite space on the ship? So favorite like location on the ship? Mikkel, let's start with you. I loved our cabin. It had the panorama balcony we were talking about. I even did like an Instagram reel and TikTok video about how awesome the bathroom is. (laughs) 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 Including the shower that like the shower head goes up and down, which is great because I'm five one and Dan six two and like the water was (laughs) piping hot every day. Like the cabin was great. Of course, we wrote about the cabin so you could see it on sometimes sailing, but like a whole post about the cabin because, you know, it was just so great. It's like a hidden gem that's right in front of your face. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Dan? I would say sun deck because you can get out, get some Mm. fresh air and then see see the scenery. Uh, And there's always people up there to talk to or uh, and, and just have that experience. Side note, I did enjoy the gym just because I could go there and have my little space and at least feel like I'm being productive. <laughs> Listen, you did a lot of walking. You don't have to go to the gym. <laughs> you did a lot of walking. Yeah, take your Fitbits with you. <laughs> what's next for you guys? What's the next, uh, what's your next cruise, river, or ocean? And who are you going to be on? Uh, and where is it going? Yeah, let's tell them. <laughs> well, now I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Antarctica. (gasps) Oh, my goodness, you guys. (laughs) With Atlas uh, Ocean Voyages. That's amazing. When is that? Valentine's Day. Yep. Oh, so soon. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. All right. So you heard it. You heard it here first. uh, Early March uh, podcast on Antarctic cruising. They're they're coming back to talk about. Yeah. To talk about Antarctica. That's the first place we've actually publicly announced it. Yeah. Awesome. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. I don't get COVID again. (laughs) Oh, God. Or that Dan doesn't get it. Well, as always, it has been fabulous talking to both of you. I am so excited to hear more about this Antarctic cruise. I'm, you know, people are envious of us. I'm envious of you. So everyone out there, you should be envious of them. There's probably somebody that they're jealous of, Brian. So I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm I'm, I'm living I'm living vicariously through Dan and Mikhail at least until Nathan's out of the house and I can just go sail wherever I want. And we don't have dogs. Uh, You know, we have two dogs, so that's the other. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you want to remind folks where they can find your fabulous blog and all your fun photos, Mikhail? I know we said at the top of the show, but we'd love to give you another opportunity to plug those plug those blogs. Sure. Thanks for asking. It is sometimessailing.com and sometimeshome.com at sometimeshome on almost all social media, including TikTok. And we are at sometimessailing on Instagram and Facebook and at sometimes sale on Twitter because they have a character cap for your name. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And if you're interested in river cruising, I, you know, obviously I'm biased, but we totally recommend go to sometimesailing.com. There's articles about, you know, ocean versus river cruises, some interesting things that you might not have considered that could sway you for or against either one. We have, you know, what to expect for your first time on a river cruise. We have an article about 12 reasons that we think that cruising is the safest way to travel during a pandemic and beyond. 11 ways to surprise someone with a cruise that's really popular <laughs> right now yeah. on our on our yeah, on our website. So, a lot of great content and we are so grateful. We just adore you guys. So, thank you so much for having us. Same The feeling is mutual. Fantastic as always. Thank you so much for coming on. Great. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed hearing. 
hearing all about Mikhail and Dan's fabulous trip down the Danube. We can't wait to experience it ourselves. Fingers crossed this year, although with ABD canceling more and more of their adventures, uh, you know, we're getting a little worried about it. So we do have a backup plan in the works, but we will make it there one day soon. And we can't wait based on the conversation we have with them. Don't forget, if you want to hear more about their stay in Budapest post-cruise, you got about 10 additional minutes of the show. Head over to Patreon.com. We're going to be releasing that out to our Patreons. We'd love to have you listen to it. So head over there and check it out. With that, I do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from BluePoint1776, who writes, Delightful. Delightful cruising couple with pleasantly detailed trip information about cruising, Hawaii, Disney, and resorts. Thank you. We enjoy every episode. Well, we appreciate you for leaving that review, and we love putting these episodes out. As we've said before, as long as folks are listening and finding value in the show, we will keep making it. So, If you want to express how much value you find out of the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. We love the written reviews. We love reading them on the air. So with that, I just do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. You can also head over to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for even more great content if you're looking for some. If you'd like to ask a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo. You can also head over to our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. You can also help support the show by browsing to Touring Plans com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just let them know the DCL duo sent you or by heading over to patreon.com slash DCL duo and joining one of our monthly support tiers. The DCL duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney company or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.